Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for I'm your co-host Sammy C I'm joined by my fabulous co-host Dylan Reed Miller Why, Hello everybody, how goes it? Wonderful, I'm so glad to be here with our guest Josh Yay! Yay. Hello Welcome, Josh. Welcome. Thanks. Yes, uh, we are very excited to be here to discuss a very uh, dramatic and heavy minute. Oh, such dramas. Of a talking cat. This I like to refer to this minute as Susan gives everyone the business. <laughs> Giving them that business. So um, you are listening to episode 64, uh, which is minute 63, if you're following along at home and... Once again, if you're following along at home, I hope it gets better. I hope life gets better. <laughs> so this uh, this minute kind of starts in the middle of a confrontation that is already transpiring between mm-hmm. Susan and the rest of the cast. And uh, Phil kind of goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Several times, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Susan goes, no, Phil, that is unacceptable. I expect more from my kids. So there's no sorry. Sorry is not allowed. Um, it kind of turns to Tina, who's kind of hanging out by the stairs, looking looking sad, looking kind of like, oh, I don't know. And Susan goes, and you know what? I barely know you. <laughs> which is a good point, honestly. <laughs> yes, which which is a very like... good point. Uh, you know, it's like kind of the first time that you you realize, oh yeah, like from Susan's point of view, this weird dude has just popped up at her house like two times. And she thought he was kind of cute, but that's no excuse for him to have all of her kids at his house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Without her knowledge and without communicating with her at all. And then Phil being the most tactful human alive goes, well, then maybe we should hang out sometime. <laughs> Way to read a room there. A plus audience work there, Phil. You did really good. Yeah. It's like, this is like one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. I've just really enjoyed this. And then Susan's like, you're asking me out now? <laughs> um, like, so, so, just to review, this man has showed up sweaty at her house two times. Uh, they talked a little bit about Humphrey Bogart, and then he kind of kidnapped her kids, <laughs> you know, from her point of view. Yeah. They both, like, ran Let's off to his fabulous date. mansion, and then she's yelling at him about it, and he goes, well, we should get to know each other better. Let's oh hang God. out. She's like, are you kidding me? I think my favorite so, part of this is that both of these sons are walk in with towels and... <laughs> swim trunks on 
Yes. And they're yes. just like hanging out there in like just hanging out post-gay porno outfits. Like whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it should be pointed out definitely that uh, Trent and Chris are, are shirtless right now. Oh, yeah. Um, throughout the entirety of the scene. I mean, they were hired for their abs, right? Like, Yes, definitely. You know, you've got you've got Trent, who's more like the the big, tall, muscular guy, and then Chris, who's kind of got like the wiry, but he's a you twink. Know, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> twink. Yep, I I didn't want to go there, but I did. Nope, I went there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I have. There we go. I have as much tact. I have as much tact as Phil. Let's be real. <laughs> So so Phil continues on his uh his wonderful journey to try to win Susan's heart and says I I would just not that I wouldn't ask you out you're very pretty and uh, <laughs> Chris is like dad stop rambling you know in front of his boyfriend um yeah like come on he's trying to you're making an ass of yourself in front of my boyfriend then Tina and Trent just kind of yell, that's not fair, Mom. Even though she hasn't said anything. <laughs> they're, it's like they're it's like they're saying that it's it's not fair that she won't date Phil. Well it's it yeah. <laughs> well maybe the house is so large that like the portion of the conversation that they've overheard is just finally reaching them and the conversation <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> and they're <laughs> eavesdropping in another portion of the house. So like <laughs> Yeah. Her and her and Trent both start yelling that it's not fair. It turns to Duffy who's just kind of chilling on the couch. He's doing his little, like... As Duffy does. You know... Yeah. Here's what... He's doing his little, like, needy pod thing, which is I think is adorable. Tina and Trent kind of go into, like, just background noise yeah. talking, uh, angry talking. They just start yelling. Duffy's kind of sitting there, like, you know, messing with his little paws. You can tell the cat himself is just, like, chilling in a quiet room. <laughs> you know, then we hear his little... His, he's thinking very loudly. This was all going so well. Um, and then the siblings say in unison, this is all fault anyway. Tina says this is all Trent's fault. And Trent says this is all Tina's fault. So they're finally playing up the, like, these are twins and they yeah. don't get along thing, you know, <laughs> to its full extent. Which I feel like if you have twins who don't get along, you have to have them talk in unison at least, like, seven times in a movie. So I feel like... Twin tropes. Twin tropes severely underutilized. Then uh, Susan just kind of has had had enough, and she's just like, enough. Tina, Trent, in the car. We'll talk about this when we get home. She's like brandishing her phone at them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's looking very threatening. She's definitely got her, her mom voice. I think there's definitely like a continuity error there. It should be, that should probably be where their whole that's not fair mom thing comes in. Yeah. But they right. just didn't, they didn't know how to like wedge it in there. So they're just like, put it at the beginning and it doesn't matter and. <laughs> You know, editing. Um. Yes, it's like we just need Trent and Tina to get mad for some reason, and so they just come in at a completely inappropriate part of the conversation when Phil has uh, clumsily asked Susan out. <laughs> and then she turns to Phil and goes, Phil, you may very well be a nice person, but in the future, could you take your walk on a different trail? Oh, Burn. shit. Oh, shit. Smackdown. She has, yeah, she has ended this blossoming friendship slash whatever romance <laughs> they've become that... <laughs> star-crossed lovers <laughs> yes she has sh- s- closed the door on phil because he kind of 
kidnapped her kids. I mean, I'm on <laughs> her side her perspective. Here. I'm on her side. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Susan here because I would, like, if I just showed up, if I'm having, like, a super stressful, like, worst day of my life type of situation with my catering business, and I come home expecting my kids to be, like, helping me cook things, and they're just fucking around at a porn mansion owned by a stranger... <laughs> With bad hair, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> the bad hair is really the kicker. Like, yeah, it's, it's an important hair. part. <laughs> maybe, and maybe no soul patch either. Yeah, yeah, his chin is puff. chin puff. Chin puff. <laughs> yeah. Get it right. We settled on chin puff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking, too, when I was watching that, that moment of her uh, kind of telling him off, essentially, and leaving... Like this is the one. This is like the one part of the movie where they seem to get the music right. Like right. there's really terrible music throughout the whole thing, and it's totally inappropriate for the scenes that you're seeing. And this is like the one moment where the music actually has like some heft behind it, and there's sort of it's sort of dramatic, and you sort of get what they're actually like. The music actually sells the emotion that you're supposed to feel. And it was like. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's pretty inter- pretty entertaining in that respect because everything else around it is just so terrible. I mean, they could have thrown in, you know, La Cucaracha again at this point. <laughs> I was and- about to say, La <laughs> Ideal. Nailed yes. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I also, you know, we've commented on how, how weird the dialogue is in this minute, but I would say this whole scene may be the most, like, human justifiable moment in the whole movie yeah yeah it's it's edited a little weird but like Mm -hmm. i totally understand where everyone is coming from i feel like because you know both tina and trent have just stupidly you know done stupid teenager things and uh phil's just kind of like oh i'm the cool dad everybody's at my house and so like this is like the one moment where i'm like okay well if this were written a little bit better this is like a scene i would see in a normal sitcom or something this is the only time i've ever felt this way watching this movie (laughs) (laughs) and like it's the first one i think i've liked susan a lot (laughs) like yeah yeah I, i i think i just really enjoy characters standing up for themselves yes but like I've never really thought much of her in the past. Right. The only character I really liked was Franny, but yeah. I got some respect for Susan just laying it down in the scene. Like, Yeah, she's putting it into all the buffoonery here. It needed to be done, and she did it, so. But then it's back to Duffy, and Duffy's like, I know I can fix this, I just need to talk to Susan. And uh, then he very determinedly gets off the sofa walks out we get the butthole shot we get a butthole shot of course and then he pokes his head out of the door and that's where our minute ends good uh, I... good dramatic cliffhanger there yeah yeah will he be able to rescue these blossoming loves or <laughs> slash business deals it's been talked about before on plenty of, of earlier episodes but you know like we said this is a this is a pretty dramatic minute this is sort of the uh, this is sort of the the turning point, I guess, like where you think that everything is coming together well, this is and the then climax. It's, yeah, it's it's slowly yeah. splintered, and like, but this still does not does not feel appropriate for a children's movie. Yes. Like, no. <laughs> it just it doesn't like. There's this the biggest the big dilemma is that these two older people who have a budding romance are now essentially breaking up like (laughs) right it is weird that this is a kids movie and the main conflict is a difference in parenting opinions (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> because 
because like hey kids. you know like yeah like I, okay i've been watching i've been watching rewatching gilmore girls and there are a lot of moments in gilmore girls where like one parent accidentally crosses the line with another like with you know taking their kid to a concert that the you know that the parent doesn't approve of or like doing something like that like accidentally breaking the rules of like you know one of their kids friends and those that reads for that audience because Gilmore Girls is geared towards teenage girls and their moms you know <laughs> but like to see it hap- see something like this happen in a movie for children is so such a weird choice. It's a family movie, Sammy. The whole family can enjoy a yeah. talking oh, yes. cat. Yes. This is a fa- <laughs> this is a family film. But you do you do have to wonder, like a six or a seven year old who got put like got this movie put on for them just because back when it was on Netflix, it's like oh we need something for them to watch and this oh looks this looks interesting enough to entertain small children. <laughs> <laughs> this looks interesting, like a crappy babysitter put this movie on or something yes, just to keep yes. the kid occupied. It's like, what is that seven-year-old thinking? Why isn't the cat talking? Where's the cat? Like, yeah. Why isn't my dad... Why don't I live in a giant porn mansion? Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and that brings to another question about the movie as a whole. Are there enough scenes with a cat talking to justify the title of this film? Oh, no. No. Because I don't think so. Well, Literally the, five, the... right? One for each main character? <laughs> except for Franny? Yeah, and well, and he doesn't ever end up talking to Susan either. No, he does, doesn't he? No, I don't think he does. No, oh, he doesn't. Okay. He... I thought he did, but it's been a while since I've watched the whole thing straight through, so. Either way, the answer's no. <laughs> Either way, the answer's no. It's like, it's like there isn't enough of, a, of the cat talking to make this like a fun children's movie. Because uh. <laughs> God knows if Duffy talked in every scene he was in, this would just be a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We need more Eric Roberts is what I'm saying. <laughs> more Eric Roberts recording in his bathroom. This is, a, this is a solid minute. We are getting, everybody's relationships are getting torn apart. You know, the burgeoning business relationship between Tina and Phil. The burgeoning love between... <laughs> Between Chris and Trent. Chris and Trent. I was about to say, I was about to say Susan and Phil, and then I was like, no, but the real <laughs> romance is really Chris and Trent. Yeah, I'm more invested in the romance between Chris and Trent. Phil's gonna be lonely and bored and retired again, and Susan's gonna be stressed still. So, so yes, we are left on a mega cliffhanger. Can Duffy fix this? There should have been. A, and we should have thought of this very early on, that there should have been a sister podcast to this one where we record a podcast for someone who has not seen the movie but only listens to episode by oh episode <laughs> and records their thoughts on what they think the movie is. <laughs> that can be our next project. That'll be season two. Yeah, exactly. We'll have someone go back and listen to season one and then record yes. <laughs> an episode for their thoughts. What have we created, people? Let's see. So, yeah, I don't really have any further thoughts on this minute. It's a high action-packed minute, high suspense. This is definitely this is definitely a, a place-setting minute. Like, they're getting yes. everything ready, putting all their pieces on the board and uh yeah. you know to make their final moves in the last what 20 minutes of this movie this is one of those moments where you are sitting there and you're like okay something's gonna happen which in a movie like this is uh is really something's exciting happen? What? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't believe it i thought nothing happened in this movie yeah exactly <laughs> although if so... we're going with our theory that this movie exists outside of space time 
Does anything really happen? Or is it all just in some weird ethereal realm, not of this earth? Floating, floating slightly happen. above our atmosphere. Nothing happens and everything happens. Yeah, nothing and everything at the same time. Yes. Schrodinger's talking cat? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I don't have any spare thoughts in this minute. Do you guys have any uh, extra? A, I love Phil's shirt. It's a good shirt. It's it's a good shirt. And B, I love that while Susan and Phil are having their, like, breakup moment, Chris is just kind of hanging out with his shirt off behind his dad, like, with a green towel. He's just like, I don't know, it's there? <laughs> I don't... Like, I feel like he wouldn't... He doesn't seem to care about his dad. Why is he, like, there experiencing this moment instead of, like, sulking in his room because his boyfriend got sent away? I don't understand. Also, it just makes me laugh it's to see so him awesome. hanging out there with the shirt off, so... Whatever. And I just love the way that they have their, like, towels draped over their shoulders. Yeah. So... Gotta hide their nipples, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There can't be too much nipple in this movie. They gotta keep the... That's for the, PG. uh... That's for the, uh, X-rated cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for me, I, I liked, um... It, it's that same... That same little segment where they're they're having their fight, and, and Tina, who is by the stairs, just sort of suspiciously walks around oh, yeah. behind them to go yeah. stand by her brother <laughs> so that they because they ha- they knew that like okay she's here we have to get her over here so that we can have them yelling at the same time so she just kind of walks yeah. you know behind <laughs> as they're fighting just skulking around in the background i was like, gonna say i, I bet just they love took, that moment i bet they took the shot of them yelling at each other first and then we're like wait wait she was over there <laughs> she was over there <laughs> probably oh god cover shots cover shots <laughs> yeah like we've got to have her saunter awkwardly behind the arguing people um and and there's a lot there there are a couple of moments of of just weird weird blocking in this in this scene which is just great you know everybody's like let me arrange myself to where i'm supposed to be hi i hit my mark (laughs) (laughs) acting Thank you guys so much for joining me on this uh, on this harrowing journey. I, you know, this is a difficult moment for me to see a Phil and Susan fight and I know. I really possibly break up. Ugh. You know, I'm I'm really I'm really uh really invested in this relationship. So I'm glad that I had you two with me too. We're glad we could be here for emotional support in this trying time. (laughs) Glad to help any way we can. Thank you guys again. And thank you all out there for listening. Thanks guys. Thank you. Please remember to check us out on SoundCloud slash a dash talking dash cast on Twitter at a talking cast on Facebook at Facebook slash a talking cast and check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to us on there too, please. And leave us a nice review if you would. Minute by minute. That's a little be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 60 Four of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cast podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Sammy C with co-hosts Dylan Reed Miller and guest host Josh Hollis, edited by Darren Husted, music by Casey Trimble, voiceover by John Kowaleski, artwork by Josh Hollis, executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015, all rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No 
no infringement is intended. Recently went on a date to uh, the cat cafe. Oh, what? I'm so um, jealous. Yeah. So I just spent half an hour petting cats and that was my date. Best date ever. Yeah, it was pretty great. I don't really understand cats. I'm more of a dog person. I believe I've said that on here before. I think if I was ever to get a cat, it would have to be like a Duffy style, just the laziest fucker in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the other cats like went after me with their claws or their mouth. <laughs> and there was one cat that was just sleeping on a thing. And I was like, I like this cat. And so I just went and sat by that cat and pet it. And it was like, yeah, all right, that's cool. And I was like, good.